0: So today, we're continuing in what we shared last week. And the title of what I'm going to share probably for another three or four weeks, um, the title of my message is Submission. That's the title of my message, Submission. And uh, every, every time that you that a person hears specific words spoken, things that are put out there that um, in your past mean one thing and then to someone else they mean something else. Um, Today and in in the rest of this series, I'm going to share some things with you that I, I feel like more than likely will not be necessarily anything that you've heard in regards to what we say the title of this message is. A um, lot of people, when they hear the word submission, they think of control. If you have to submit to something, then you're going to be controlled by something or someone. Or time, there are times when people hear that word submission and they think of it as something that is Forced something that you have to do that is that you're forced to do, that there's pressure for you to follow through and, and do something that someone else is making you do. And um, I'm, I'm telling you today that that's not what submission is. And I shared with you last week three things that submission isn't number one, submission isn't easy. Number two, submission is not agreement. It's not agreement. And number three, submission is not forced ever. Ever. True submission is not forced. And it's something that if it's understood will produce what the title of my message was last week it'll produce freedom it'll produce liberty in your life and and cause you to rise above circumstances and situations that that normally would control people and so we're going to just take a, a you know somewhat of a journey our foundation scripture is found in James chapter 4 and we read that last week but we're going to kind of view it from a little bit different perspective than what we shared last week. Not, not totally, but a little. And in James chapter 4, and starting with verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace. One translation says great grace. I like that. Great grace. More grace. Greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility is something that produces results. True humility. He said in verse 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So God resists when His intention is for you to resist. God resists, and it's already set up in His kingdom that that if certain things happen, that He's in a resist mode. In other words, you can't in God continue on when you're in pride but when you're not in pride and you're submitted to him and you're submitted under his mighty hand then he then we're in a position that we've been called to live in and that is to resist and when we resist under authority in humility and under his mighty hand when we resist the devil flees that's the way God created the kingdom for the devil to be on the run all the time and not living in our homes and controlling situations that's the way God intended for us to live. All of humanity to live that way. He gives great grace. What, 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 what is it? Why, why would you think that... I mean, this is, this is a passage of Scripture that's quoted from the Old Testament, and it's quoted three times in the New Testament, this same passage. And why, why do you think that... Why do you think... Um, that he would talk about first and foremost before he said the other things, why do you think he'd talk about great grace? I'll tell you why. Anybody have that question? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. He gives great grace. Why? Because it takes much grace and mercy and forgiveness for you to be able to get liberated from pride. We think that You know, pride is used in a good form and a negative form in our society. I mean, people use it, they they use that word real flippantly when the Bible says here that God resists the proud. So we don't want to be proud of anything. And it can be just a play on words. You can say, well, you know, I'm proud of my children for what they do. Well, you could be just appreciative of your, you could be, you know, you use a number of different words that would replace the word pride. And you might think that that's, well, you know, you're just kind of being religious. You're being, you know, controlling or, you know, putting us under the law. We can't use a certain word. Well, it's just up to you. God says he resists the proud, but he gives great grace to the humble. But He gives great grace. He said first before He talked about resisting the proud because it takes great grace to get rid of pride. It takes great grace to get to a place where you even understand what pride really is. But if God is resisting the proud, then I want no part of it. I'm saying today I want no part of it. But you know what? It's played a big part in my life at different times, and along the way, the more pride that's revealed, the more it's revealed some of the little things that are pride, that are that are are pride working in our lives that we want out. Because you can have a lot of little things that create a big thing, and we want those things out of our lives, and we want liberated from those things. Can you say amen? Amen? So. I'm giving you information today from the Word of God that God has shown me. I'm giving you information that, that you just have to decide. Remember, submitting to God and submitting to, submitting to God is submitting to His word in a given situation. So if an unkind person is unkind to you, and the Bible says to be kind to unkind people? And the Bible says that God's love in us will be kind even when people are unkind. To submit to God is to submit to that understanding and learn to do that even when people are ugly to you that you're going to be kind to them. that's, That's what submitting to God is, submitting to His Word and what's right in a given situation. And that's why it takes great grace because it's not easy to do. If it's easy to do, everybody do it. So, I want to look at a verse in Romans 13. <clears throat> Romans 13 in the first verse. Um, and I want, to, I want to just kind of lay a foundation of... Something that I I really feel like this is vital to your and my success, and that people have to grab a hold of this. You have to grab a hold of this understanding of something that isn't easy. It's not agreement, and we're going to touch on these through the, the next few weeks. It's not easy, and it's not something that's forced. It's something that I do by choice because I believe it. When you submit to God, and you're submitting to God in His Word, in His way, it's something that you have to do because you want to, not because someone's forcing you. That's why, that's why God did not put it on you and did not call you to judge other people. God said, leave the, leave the judging of other people's lives to me because you don't know how God is working on their lives. You might see something that appears to be one way, But you don't know what's really going on because if they're submitting and pursuing and pressing into the things of God, in in the James 4 scripture, the next verse says, says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So, if a person's in a drawing near time and place in his life, there are things that can be working out and God's great grace is working for them Where if you're judging the situation, your little bit of grace for them is what will judge them. That's why we're not to judge people. Because His great and overwhelming and unlimited grace is there to work on our behalf when we are drawing near to God in situations that need to be worked out. Everybody in here today is or has been in pride in one area of your life or another. We're just settling that. Everybody's on the same boat. So we're not looking around to thinking who's the prideful and who's the holy and righteous. We're all the righteousness of God, not because of what we did, but because of what He did. Can you say amen to that? So God set a system up in His kingdom to help liberate us of things that we don't even know that we need. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about and why this word submission is not a four-letter word. You know what a four-letter word is, right? Yeah. So, Romans 13 and verse 1. Actually, I want to read that in the NIV translation. I didn't tell them. Do you get the NIV on Romans 13, 1? I'll get it. Hold on. I'm so quick at this. Okay. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. That word subject there is submission. They're interchangeable. To be subject to is to submit to. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. What what authorities? Any, Any authority that governs has been established by God. And that verse of Scripture right there is God's will. And you have to to learn what it means to submit to that. Because what what it's saying there, it says that God has established all authority. In other words, God has placed people in authority. Now, you might say, well, why, why would God put somebody in authority... Or why would God place someone in authority that's destructive? Or that appears to be doing destructive things? And the reason is, in many situations, is because that's what people agreed to. That's what people allowed. See, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, but He gave authority in the earth to the sons of men so what people allow God places God establishes authority where people allow it if people agree to something and they come in it it doesn't matter how weird and strange it is all authority everybody say all. all all authority so that's why Submission to authority can never be forced. It has to be something that you believe in. Any type of authority, you have to nobody can force you to obey a sign that says drive 70. Nobody can force you to do that. You have to believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, you'll drive 85. Hmm? I mean, and and somebody can pull you over and give you a ticket. And if you don't believe in it, you'd be looking in your rearview mirror and watching that guy turn and go the other way. Why? Because you don't believe in it. You can't be forced. They can throw you in jail for six weeks. And you can't drive for six weeks, but you get out and you've not made the changes and you're going to do what you believe. You cannot be forced to submit. person will find a way. I had a friend years ago that he heard a message about how television was evil. And so he got all of his, he had, he was a pretty wealthy guy, and he had all tons of televisions and all kinds of stuff in his house, and he threw them all out. I mean, literally threw them all out of his house. And so he got rid of all the televisions, But really what the message was talking about was controlling what you watch. How many know that a television can really be a good tool? you You can get a bunch of really good things on television. huh? It's what you watch. So see, running the TVs out of the house didn't change anything because it wasn't but a few weeks, and he was on a weekend binge of watching all kinds of stuff. Why? Because he didn't believe it. So forcing, forcing what he thought was the issue out, forcing it, didn't work. He didn't change his belief system. And, and you and I have to come to a place where we really understand and believe in submission to the will of God. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee. Seems pretty easy. And a lot of times... People have quoted that verse of Scripture about resisting the devil. Well, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Well, it's true. But it cannot happen without the verses before and the statements before. Right? You have to believe in great grace. You have to believe that when you've screwed up or you've done wrong, that there's great grace available to, for you to draw to and receive from. Another thing about these governing authorities, people that govern over your life, I don't care whether it's a job, whether it's the government, whether it's church life, whether it's home life or whatever, one of the things that you'll find in everybody that's in authority is the same thing that's in you. Flesh. People are fleshy, right? So in every governing authority, you'll find the flesh. What does that mean? You'll find mistakes, right? You'll find people making mistakes and people not doing it perfectly. But see, the Bible doesn't say that that changes my heart of submission. See, people make mistakes or do things. or You you know, in, in, in the church world of submission which is a choice from a person. You know, the, many times people will come to me and talk to me and say things to me, but my first question is, who are you submitted to? Who are you under? Well, I'm, I'm submitted to God. Well, that's fine. And you should be submitted to God. Ultimately, we are submitted to God. But God said, all authority, He is ordained, and it's a place that He's set up And for your and my protection, as we submit to God, we submit to the authorities of the world. And we're not afraid of it. See? Because submission really doesn't even begin in your life until you disagree with someone. Because, see, submission isn't just, it's not agreement. Agreement's agreement. But submission is doing something that you don't want to do when you're asked to do that. I mean, something very simple. You pull up an HEB, you got 17 items in your basket, and it says 15 items or less. If you're working on something in your life, there's a sign that you have to choose. See, nobody's going to force you. Huh? You'll distract the attendant, throw the things up there, hurry, rush them through, and yeah, it was about 15. But you know it was 17 if you're working on something. I'm not saying this this isn't a law, but when you're working on something, you're developing this thing inside of you to do what's right. See? Everybody say, God is right. right. See, there's nothing in the Bible about 15 items in a a checkout line in the Bible, right? No, no, no. But there is about all authority. Is that sign an authority? Yeah, because the moment you drove on HEB's property... Okay? They are the authority where where you are. You're buying groceries. If you choose to put one in the basket and one in your pocket, that's their place. See, you've just rebelled. Anybody ever stole anything from the store? I have. Anyway, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, you 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 see a something that you really wanted and you just kind of like this and then you know then you're Parents make you take it back, you know, and you got to go tell the guy at the store, well, at least that wasn't my day, you know. And then, and then, you know, you feel like an idiot and all, you know, all this kind of... But, but the moment you walk on that property, okay, you're there to purchase what belongs to them. And if they say, return your grocery cart to the thing out there in the parking lot that looks like it's a waste of time anyway to walk over there and do that, but if they say, do that, okay, is that something... That you do I don't do it every single time today, but there was a time I did because I was working on something and at times in your life God will challenge you you understand what I'm saying this isn't like this legalistic thing you have to do all this I'm talking about what you believe in because if every time let's say for a year you took you were at the store and you took the cart to the place where it says "Take it what would it do to your thinking? It would make you think about other things that, that happen, other things that people say that you just write off and think that it's no big deal. But if we're, if we're not submitting to governing authorities in our lives, then we're in a place of rebellion. And, you know, that okay, everybody's in rebellion. Everybody has rebelled. Everybody's working on something in their life. But I don't want to be resisted by God. I don't want to allow my life and myself to be resisted by God. I want things flowing freely from God. I want things operating and moving in my life. I don't want to be resisted. When I resist the devil, I want him fleeing right now. That's why this message is so vitally important. And it's one of the reasons that the enemy is planted and takes up residency in so many Christians' lives because of pride. And the lack of humility and, and really understanding it. See? You're not going to just rid yourself of pride. You're going you're to get rid of pride in your life when you're, when you're faithful to do the little things that God has told you to do. Whatever it would be. And it gets easier and easier and you become more aware and more aware. Your eyes begin to be opened more and more and more. And we get in a place where we're victorious in the things of God. Because, see, God in life has set an order up. The word submission is really a, it, it's a military term. And it has to do with rank to, to submit under. And in life... There is order in everything. In heaven, there's what? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Right? Son and Holy Ghost are not battling for Father's position. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In our government today, there's, there's order. There's submission to places of authority, a place of authority. In, in the home life, there's husband, the head, under the wife. Husband is the head of the wife, the way Christ is the head of the church, being the Savior of the body. You know, that's not politically correct today, and it's not real popular in the world that we live in. But one of the things that is true about the Word is that the Word is true for the ages, no matter what's going on. It's still true. You just have to work it out. Times change, seasons change, you know. relationships change, you know, the world that we live in changes, but God's Word never changes. And there's truth there that I'm sharing with you today along this line that's not necessarily a popular message to teach and to preach, but it's vital because of what it will do in liberating your life, to not be afraid of submission and not be afraid to rid your life of pride, to admit I'm in pride. Admit it. To be able to admit that you're in pride in a specific area or situation in your life and get rid of it. But the way that we get rid of it is through coming under. The best way over a situation is to come under a situation and it's under the mighty hand of God. I think we read this passage last week. It's in 1 Peter. And it actually quotes most of what was quoted in James 4. 1 Peter 5. And verse 5, Likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders, yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. There's this verse out out of the Old Testament, out of Proverbs. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under His mighty hand that He may exalt you in due time. How? How do we humble ourselves? Here's the key to humbling yourself. Casting every care upon Him. Bringing every thought captive. Casting the cares and the fears of life onto Him and allowing Him to be who you have faith and confidence in because when you're not afraid to do something that's right and you're liberated from the fear that goes along with well you know I don't want to, I don't want to get caught in this and I don't want to get under control of people and I don't want someone to rule my life and 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 I don't either see in in in, in the church world what I've noticed through the years is that most people or a good majority of people that I've seen through the years, their idea is that they're submitted to God. Submission to authority is something that they won't do because most people have been hurt by authority. Most people have. Or on the other side, where submission is concerned there's this controlling thing. Well, you know, you, 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 you have to come to me if you're going to do anything in life. If you're going to buy a car or buy a house or if you're going to move or you've you got to come and that person's going to tell you what to do. See, that, that on the other side is a control that's demonic. We were never, we were never called to, you, no person was called to usurp authority over another person. And in the kingdom of God, there's neither male nor female. And in the kingdom of God, we're all like this. But where authority is concerned, there is a place that God has set people in that if you're under that and you learn learn the benefits of submission to anything from the word that you need to be submitted to, then what happens is you're submitting to God. And then when you resist the devil, the devil flees. And when you submit to God through submitting to the authorities of life and you're not afraid of them, There's no end to what can happen. Why? Because there's great grace that's available on your behalf. Not just just the grace of God, but he said great grace. And I I don't think he was making a mistake in what was said there. There's something different than just the grace of God. There's overwhelming grace that you become aware of when you have difficulty walking through something and it's available for you. Because to walk out of pride is something that is the most difficult thing that I've ever had to do in my life. To get liberated and rid of pride in my life. Think about it. I know I've repeated it myself, and you'll hear this over and over in this message, in this series. But you think about it. To be resisted by God, to me, would be the worst place in life to be in. Because there's no advancement and nothing's happening. And the, resisted, the resistance by God is not the result of God's nature being against you. The resistance from God is the result of choices that I'm making that put me in a place where the power of God and the promises of God can't work on my behalf. I can stop God's promises from working and manifesting. I can't by my choices. That's why I need revelation. You need to be thinking about this James 4, 6 and this 1 Peter 5 right here. You need to be thinking about this. Not controlled by, oh my God, I'm in pride and you know God's resisting me and this and... No, you need to be thinking about the fact that God has given you and I the answer to why at times things don't happen in our lives. And if things don't happen because of pride, and he's given us the way out, by doing what? Casting every care. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. How? By casting every care. And most people that would hear that would say, well, what does that mean? Or how do you do that? Or how do you process that? That's what you have to work out. If you, if you are taking the care of how you're going to be provided for and you're worried about it and you're fretful about it every day and you're taking the care and you're not talking to God about it. You're not submitting to God. What does what God's word say about this? And you're constantly in fear and you're rolling it over in your mind all day long. What, what, what is that? Ultimately, that's pride because what you're saying is that the God of the universe that's met every need that there ever has been you're saying that your need is bigger than what Jesus did for you. Now, you're not consciously necessarily thinking that, but your actions are doing. That, that's what your actions are carrying out, and that's pride. I don't know about you, but I don't want that. God will, God will take care of you. God will heal your body. God will All the things that he said he will do, God will make sure that that comes to pass. Why? Because he watches over his word to see that his word is performed to those that reach out and believe his word. That's what submitting to God is. When I'm confronted with a situation that I don't know how to figure it out, if you get in the flesh and start trying and, and, and laboring at trying to work it out, most of the time you can't work it out. And if you do work it out, it's not for a long period of time. But God's got the answer for forever. He will come and relieve the pressure and the stress and all that's involved in that. Not only will he relieve it, but he'll give you the answers of how to walk out what you need to walk out, no matter what it is. You may be in a financial situation, a physical situation. You might be in a marital situation. You might be you know, in a family situation where there's, it appears that there are no answers. But if you hold on to those cares and you try to work it out, what you're saying is that God can't do this for you. I'm not saying that there's not things that you have to walk out, but you've got to get that from God. Otherwise, your labor is wearing you and God both out. Because God wants you and I free more than we want to be free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free, right? Not to revert back to bondage or to stay in bondage or stay in control of of the enemy and the enemy having his way in our lives. No, we're called, we're anointed to resist the devil and he flee every single time. But not with pride. Not with pride. It won't work. And there's something through this series that God is wanting you to take a hold of here and not reject. This isn't a fearful message. This is a victorious message. The first title is what this message is about. Freedom. Everybody lift your hand. Free, free, free. Amen? We're free. We're liberated and free. Why? Because we have great grace at our our disposal. It's available. Great grace. There's no reason to stay in pride. There's no reason to be prideful. But, Great grace is what it takes to be free of it, so that means there's some work involved. There's some time involved, there's some stuff that's got to be worked out, and, and, and nothing can be worked out and until, until there's an illumination in your life of you realizing that you're in pride. It, it won't start until then. You can hear this, what I'm saying to you today. I can give you examples and those kind of things, but you can, in, in the natural, the enemy will work on you in your mind. That's the, only op, that's the only battleground that he has is your mind. He'll work on you to try to convince you not to work on a specific area. See, if, if, I'm, if I'm using an example, let's say, about finances, finances, but you've got an unforgiving issue that's working on the inside of you, the enemy from this message can say, well, you know, my finances are fine. And he'll try to convince you that that unforgiving thing, uh, you have a right to that. It's pride. It's pride. And that's why... When you hear the word, then the Holy Spirit wants to take it and reveal it to you how it needs to be applied in your life so you can get a hold of that and get free from it. Amen? Amen. So he said, notice pretty much the same things that he said in James 4. He said, Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. He's not, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He comes in a counterfeiting way as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he, he wants people to think he's all that, but he isn't all that. And who's he looking for? People in pride. He goes around as a roaring lion, with a big to try to scare people into thinking he's all that when he's not. And what he's looking for is pride. Because when he sees pride, comes and takes up residency. And he's going to stay and hang out right there. And you know, the Bible says, give the devil no place. Right? I'm just telling you, that what I've seen is, is this. If you go after pride, he has no other place. And in the home, you, you remember in Genesis 3, if you go and read the story about where Adam and Eve <clears throat> you know, gave in to the temptations of the devil, the Bible is real clear that Eve was deceived she was deceived but adam rebelled because when you know to do right and you don't do it you're in rebellion right and what's rebellion pride and what happens with pride resisted by god so his rebellion his pride caused every th- all the intentions that god had for mankind er- stop 4000 years god's intentions for mankind were resisted and this passage of scripture from proverbs in the old testament is the state that mankind was in until the blood of jesus until the blood of jesus just just as a as a side thing here i, I want to read i want to read just a Couple of different verses of Scripture just for you to listen to. You can you can look at them now or not, but um, Ephesians one and verse. This is a, <clears throat> I'm just going to jump right into the middle of this prayer that Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus, but hear this. Because what we're talking about is that, that what stopped in the garden was resumed in the garden. Hmm? The Garden of Eden, where it was stopped, it was resumed when Jesus made the choice in the Garden of Gethsemane. He made the choice for who? you he made the choice now for the promises to begin to advance and nothing when that blood was shed nothing can stop it nothing except pride in you and me god resists the proud but see that's an old testament that's an old testament scripture see the old testament wasn't done away with the old testament was fulfilled Anybody know this one? Thou shall not murder? Well, that's Old Testament. Okay. So we just shoot everybody. No. No. No, that was fulfilled. But it's still there. You murder, what happens? You die. Or whatever happens. That's what should happen. I mean, you murder and tear people up and do things, you should be taken out. See, that's an Old Testament truth that's still intact. But are you and I liberated from that? Absolutely, through the blood of Jesus. And so a murderer that's not born again, that gets born again, is he forgiven by God? Absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what. He could have killed 900 people and tortured all of them and then gets born again again. He's in heaven, and he's face to face with God, and he's forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. But does that take away from what happens here? No. Same way Old Testament Scripture, God resists the proud, but he gives great grace to the humble. Right? So that passage is still true today, and so the resistance is just set in. It's not God doing the resisting. He's already said this is the way it is, and it's not going to change. But you and I now have the blood of Jesus and the great grace to take the time to get rid of this and be made aware of it. And that's what I'm doing to, for you today. I'm making you aware of the fact. Just settle it right now. you got issues of pride that you need to be delivered of, but that's between you and God. This, the things that need to be worked in, out in you can never be forced And if someone else is trying to keep you in line and work you over and, you know, tell you that, you know, you're not doing it good enough and all this kind of stuff, all that's going to do is work against you because you've got to work that out. People can remind you and keep you held accountable and those kind of things, but it can't be forced. It's got to be something that you come to a revelation of that, you know what, I need this out. And when it's out and it's gone, it's it's free-flowing. until you come to the next thing. But the more you do it, the more you get rid of pride, what happens? The more you get rid of pride. And the more you get rid of it, and rid of it, and rid of it. And you want it out, and you want away from that. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of that stopping things up in my life. I want things free flowing. I want the unlimited blessings of God to come on me and overtake me daily. I want perpetual flow of blessing coming to me. That's what great grace is for, right? Great grace. And it says, just jumping right in the middle. Verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above what? Principalities, powers, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. Father put all things under Jesus' feet, gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. That's you and I, right? All of these things is what he gave to us. Now, he's put us in this place to be the body of Jesus Christ operating in the earth. And we have great grace at our disposal so that we can line ourselves up and get in alignment with his word and accomplish what he did and even greater things. Why? Because now we can all do it. Now we're all in that place. Matthew chapter 16 Matthew 16 and verse 19. And he will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse, verse 19 in the Amplified says this. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind or declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So see, it's already set up. So what we bind and loose is a result of us lining up and submitting to His Word, submitting to the authorities of life, getting rebellion out, no matter what it takes... And when rebellion is on its way out, as I draw near to Him, as I take a step towards Him in doing what's right, He'll take three towards me. It's not a one for one. It's a one and three closer to me. And me one toward Him and He gets closer to me. But He gets closer to me and His ways get more of my ways the more steps I take toward Him. And that's that's what working this whole process out looks like. Can you say amen? So Hebrews thirteen, and we'll end with this for today. Hebrews thirteen and verse seven. remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the Word of God to you, whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct. He said, remember those, one translation says, submit to those who rule over you, who have spoken the Word of God to you. what What is, What is what? Today, after a lot of years, I I see submission a little bit different than I saw it 15 or 20 years ago because it's evolved to me. And really, really, one, one of the things that a person has to do is when something, like in this body, when something is preached like this message here, If, when a person is preaching the word, especially this type of a word, if you as an individual think that the message is being preached in such a way to manipulate you or to get something from you, then it's wrong. It's actually, there's actually demonic overtones to the word if there's manipulation in the preaching of it. But if the preaching of the Word is in such a way that you feel like that what's being preached is to benefit your life and to make you better, the greatest form of submission is being told to do something, giving information for you to seek out for yourself, and you seeking that out, and deciding for yourself whether what's being said is true. See, because the submission, he said, to those who bring the spoken word to you. As I'm bringing the spoken word to you, and many of you have been here for a long period of time, I brought the spoken word to you. The question is, what do you do with the word you hear? See, it's not taking the word just that I say, but the word that I'm bringing to you and the Holy Spirit revealing to you, is it truth? Because it's really important that you become convinced in who you've heard it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, 15, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there, makes that statement. That we're to be convinced in who we've heard the word from. Because you don't need, you don't need to spend your life where you're trying to figure out whether what I'm saying is really biblically sound or not. You need to check it all the time. You need to judge the word that's being preached all the time. But you need to be convinced of the foundation of what's being preached. And as you're submitted to that, if there's something that's being said that goes against what maybe some mindsets or thoughts or theories or ideas that you've had, or maybe there's something in your life that 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 word is challenging you with. Remember, submission doesn't start until you have to do something that you really don't want to do. True submission doesn't start until you disagree. So, if there's going to be disagreements because of what we got upstairs here, then let's begin to rejoice and say, you know what? That's all right. I'm going to work this out. I'm going to decide whether this is right or not. The word I'm bringing to you today about pride. I'm not asking for a response because I don't need your approval. Did you hear me? I don't need it. See, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bringing a word to try to get everybody to agree and, yeah, Pastor Bertrand. No, 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 no. No, the word is right, and it doesn't need my help to make the word stand. The word will stand. If what I'm telling you is true, and it's pretty elementary. God resists the proud, but he gives great grace to the humble. Pretty elementary, Right? And if it's true, and the things that I'm saying, the way I'm breaking it down and trying to make it more appetizing for you to sink your teeth into, if you believe that that's true, then you need to be more confident, and I'm not saying that you're not, I'm just saying a person needs to be more confident about who they're hearing it from. And, and that's what this submission here really is about. It's not somebody walking around telling you you're doing this wrong and that wrong and you need to submit. See, submission is never forced. Ever. But if, but if something needs to be corrected because you've submitted yourself and, it, and it's a one-on-one and there's a correction about something, as you receive it, all it's going to do is benefit you even if somebody said it and it wasn't all sweet and pretty, and it wasn't easy, and it wasn't this or that, even if it was said in a certain way, and maybe they didn't do it exactly right or whatever, if you receive that thing, it'll benefit your life. It just, it's just the way it is. I've learned that. and In fact, the, the harder situations have been the greater blessing. Verse 17 of 13, Obey those who rule over you, "...and be submissive, for they watch over your souls as those who must give account. Let them do it with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you." They watch over what? Your soul. Again, the submissive thing is about the spoken word. See, how how can one individual watch over everybody's souls? Now, it, it, what, what he's talking about is the word that's being preached. Because see, when you leave here today, you enter into an information highway in the world. And if, if all we did here at Gates is just kind of connect with the world and be kind of politically correct and just kind of flow and, and don't ruffle any feathers. I mean, I don't want to ruffle feathers on purpose, okay? But the word ruffles. <laughs> the word and the world go contrary one to another. That's just the way it is. Right? And as a result of that, there's some things that appear that we're in opposition. We're not in opposition with anybody. We're not against anybody. Okay? And, and you'll never hear us stand up, well, you know, coming against this person. No. All, all that's going to do is make things even worse when God says, I'll take care of that. You just minister my word and let it fall where it falls. Right? So, What we're saying and what we're doing up here today and in the message that we're delivering is to challenge you to think more like God. To think along the lines that God thinks. This verse 17, he said, obey those. And they watch over your soul to see your thinking change. When I I come, if I have a meeting with somebody in the body or I talk to somebody and they tell me about how they heard something preached, whether it was from me or someone else, and they heard it preached and it changed their thinking. I'm, just, it just does something on the inside of me because that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to help people's thinking change. But not think like me, think like him. But you have to be convinced that what I'm preaching is because I think like him. Not perfectly. I don't do it all right. I, I, I don't every little thing that I think is not the gospel truth or whatever. Everybody has opinions about things. And, and what we try to do from here is, is rid the preaching from majority of the opinions, and let's just get to the truth. And that's what we've worked out very hard and to the point through the years. So today, as I'm delivering this message, understand that your submission to the things that are being said are what are benefiting your life because it will change your thinking. And then notice again what he says in verse 24. Three times he says this. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints. Greet... I was reading this in another translation. It says, greet those who rule over you with a salute. <laughs> and you know what that means to me? There's honor there. There's appreciation there. Three times in one chapter, he talks about how we deal with people that rule over us. Church, government, business, home, I don't care what it is how we react from within will determine the success of our future not forced never made to never ever not even one time seven places in the bible it talks about submission and one of those is wives submit to your husbands but nowhere in scripture did it tell husbands to make their wives submit Never. It's something that has to be developed inside of the woman and it's not a popular thing today. You know, in, in wedding vows, there used, to be, there used to be confession that a woman would make about obeying her husband because of what the scripture says. Well, most wedding vows, that's taken out. But if you think about it, if you think about it, and I'm not just focusing on the women, I'm talking about in every situation. To obey authority to do what someone else says because God has placed them he said to not obey is to rebel even if they're wrong even if you don't agree, even if you don't like it the only place that we find in scripture where we can go against authority is when authority goes against this that's the only time only time when the authority goes against this. So, so if somebody's uh, in authority forcing you to cheat, somebody's abusing you, somebody, it, you know, things that your mind thinks, well, you know, I'm not going to submit to this. No, it, that goes against this. You and I don't submit to something that goes against this. And we have the liberty and the freedom to do that. Otherwise, otherwise. You know, if, if you're working for somebody and they said, they came to you one day and they said, let's say Brian's working for, I don't know, some real estate company. He's been working for him for a long time and then one day they come in and say, Brian's starting tomorrow. They hand him, hand him this set of pink ties with real ugly polka dots on every one of them. From here on out, you're going to wear a suit and this tie. This ugly tie. Brian says he's going to look in the Bible to find out where that tie is not <laughs> any good. <clears throat> no. But, but if that's what they ask you to do and you're going to work for them, submission doesn't start till you have to wear an ugly tie. Because someone asks you to wear an ugly tie. If you work for them, there's liberty in that. See, God... God... Put you in that business okay he set them in their place and i have the choice to submit or rebel if i rebel i'm being resisted by god if i submit i'm under his right, mighty hand people can't touch me people walk in the office and and their eyes will be you know colored with something that makes them look at that tie and think it's great or whatever But nothing bad's gonna happen, why? Because I'm under authority and I'm protected by his mighty hand. That's where my trust is. I can do what that person says, and you know, six weeks if I wanna quit the job, I'll quit the job. But to run from a job, because you have to wear an ugly tie, because you don't wanna do that anymore, is most of the time, not the plan of God. It's staying with the job until you convince the owner. (laughs) Get rid of these ugly ties. It's running customers off or whatever. So, today I, I give you this word. I give it to you for your benefit. And that's my prayer.